This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. For my yoga teacher friends who are interested in working with the pregnant population, Prenatal Yoga Center offers an 85-hour Yoga Alliance certified program based on our three-prong theory of prenatal yoga, asana, education, and community. Once a year, we hold our three-month immersion program in New York City. For those who cannot attend this training, Caprice and I are now traveling to different locations holding our training at hosting studios where we will spend six days working together, exploring and learning about prenatal yoga. This training consists of more than 50 hours working together. We also created a whole membership website with more than 20 videos corresponding directly to the manual you will receive. For more information, check out our website at prenatalyogacenter.com. Hope to work with you soon. Take care. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies. And today we're looking at the community part of Yoga Birth Babies. And I have Emmeline Foster with us. She has been part of our community at PYC for two babies. And I love her story, and I love what she chose for her births and, and how she's choosing to mother and just her journey. So let me welcome Emmeline. How are you today? Good, thank you, Deb. <laughs> thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm really thrilled you're here. Plus, to be honest, I could listen to your French accent for hours. So <laughs> it's a treat for me. So again, thanks for being part of our community. So would you mind just telling our community a little bit about yourself and also what brought you to New York? Of course. So as you can hear, I am French. Uh, I, lived, I live in New York since about six years now. Uh, I met my husband, Isaac, in Paris. He was working for an American company, and we decided to move into New York. And when we arrived, I uh, got pregnant with my daughter, Lily. And uh, so she's now five and a half years old. I work for a foundation called the French American Foundation in New York. And I just we just welcome our son, Marcel, about uh, three weeks ago now. Tomorrow, three weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. And for those that obviously it's a podcast you can't see, Emily has Marcel in her lap. And because this is a baby centered podcast, there may be a baby centered cry at some point. Just wanted to put it out there. (laughs) Yeah. There will be a baby crying at some point. (laughs) So how is life as a mother of two? Is it a big transition from one to two for you? It is. It is. Um, I have lots of help, but still I think it is a big transition uh, I'm also working from home I'm not like completely off mm-hmm. so it makes it very hard I have trouble like dealing with dealing with my email dealing with the baby dealing with my daughter was very sweet but still I mean it's an adjustment for her yeah she wants uh, attention I mean, yeah she wants a, not it's not it's not heavy she's not making any 
um, tantrum or anything, but you can see that she needs it. Yeah. Yeah. So no, we're figuring that out. Yeah, there is an adjustment, especially when you do work from home where there's not set boundaries. Like if you have a job that you always go to, um, you know, it's, yeah. you can have that boundary of, okay, I'm not there. I'm not going to deal with it. But if you work from home, what was your biggest surprise yeah. about going from one child to two? And it's only, it's, what was your biggest surprise or challenge going from one child to two? And granted, it's only been three weeks, so maybe it hasn't really shown up yet. Well, just the, to me, what I had completely forgotten is like the sleep dep- deprivation, <laughs> like how hard night is. Yeah, it, it just I'm I'm just shocked, and I think when you have another child, it makes it different. Like you have to wake up and do the lunchbox, and you have to be happy, and you have to put a smile on your face. It's, it makes it very different. Like five years ago, it was like I could stay in my PJs all day <laughs> and just take care of my baby. Now I have like I have to be your mom. When she comes back from school, I have to be a mom and prepare, uh, again, her lunchbox, dressing her up, making her happy. It's like, I think this is a big adjustment. Yeah, and getting yourself out the door to bring her to school, too. You can't stay in your pajamas yeah, all yeah. day. Yeah, exactly. My husband is very helpful, but still, it's, it, it's like, it's an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your pregnancies. How were they? How were they different from one another? I think they were very, very different. Uh, five years ago, I had basically. I think I was. I first of all, I wanted to be pregnant, and then a month later, I was pregnant. And even if I was a little bit worried that something would happen, happened in a way like up until the twelve weeks period. Like I was worried about having a miscarriage or whatever. Still, it was very easy. I was working from home then. Um, I don't know. I didn't. I also did. I. I had no, I had no idea what was happening in my body then. Like I was just making a baby, but I never really thought about it. And same thing with my birth. I was not really focused on how the birth would go. I told you I have a very uh, severe fear of doctors. It's like a phobia. So I was more focused on like how am I going to deal with all these appointments at my doctor's office. But it went well, and, and then at, in the end, I had a, a little bit of blood pressure. My blood pressure is not really high. It's again, I have like, I have a white coat hypertension syndrome. So basically, my doctor was fine with it until I was eight months pregnant, and then he put me under drugs for to lower a little bit my blood pressure. But then he induced me two days of pitocin. Ne- my cervix never opened, like never ever. It was like dead close. And he said, you can go back home. And then a few hours later, he said, actually, you're not going back home. Your baby is in distress. We need to take him out right now. And I had a C-section. And in my mind, that C-section like took about five minutes. I have no idea what happened. Uh I just remember the pain of the anesthesia, and then that's it. My baby was out, and and that's how I think I had like a very different pregnancy and also delivery from the one I just had because in between Lily and Marcel, I had two miscarriage, and I think it made me really want to have like a vaginal birth. I wanted to like feel something. Because I realized that um, having a baby was not that easy. 
it was it was like really a miracle. So I really cared more about what was happening in my body. I really cared more about the birth itself. Um, I contacted you a few months ago because I wanted to have your opinion about who could do a VBAC because my practice was not doing any VBAC. And uh, I went and I saw two different doctors. Um, I was pretty late. I was about 20 weeks pregnant. The first doctor, very nice, said, yes, we do a lot of VBAC, uh, but it was also out of network. So that was a big... Was that Bill and Joby? Yeah, that was yeah. Joby. They were awesome. Mm-hmm. It was just that $18,000 was a lot of money to, for me and my husband because it was like out of network. We, we thought about it, really. Um, but then I went and I saw another doctor. Uh, so it was the same practice that doctor the other doctor you mentioned to me, I don't remember. It, uh, it's Mount Sinai on 86th Street. That might have been, been Dr. Ree and Dr. Bradley. and Exactly. But yes. that was not Dr. Bradley. That was one of our colleagues. Mm-hmm. She was awesome. Because basically what she said was, listen, I do VBAC. I had a VBAC. I did a VBAC yesterday. We do VBAC all the time. We love VBAC. Your first birth make you like someone that it's going to be hard for it it's going to be hard for you to have a successful VBAC because if your body already said one day no way I'm doing this there is a chance that it's going to happen again and she also took out a lot of guilt out of my head because she said and if you have a c-section it's fine it's like you're going to get over it it's going to be fine it's going to be hard to have a it's going to be harder with your firstborn, with your daughter, but you you would be in pain for a few weeks and it's, it's how many months in your entire life. She made me feel so good about it. She made me feel like I could take the decision that was the right one for me. I also think that going to your classes and to your uh, teacher classes, I, I in my head there were a lot of what I think you... Sorry, I'm not very clear, but I think five years ago, there were less of emphasis, even at prenatal yoga center, there were less emphasis on like, this is your choice, your decision. I think you have put that a lot into today's practice um, in your yoga center. And each time I was going to see a new doctor, I was thinking like, this is my birth, my decision. And I really liked that. It helped me a lot. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah, it, it really helped. Also, what I want to say that I really like is that, and also that change in the prenatal yoga center is that every time your teacher mentioned birth, they mentioned birth like whether you have a vaginal birth or you have a C-section birth. I think five years ago, again, it was a lot of emphasis on vaginal birth, less less emphasis on so there is another birth, it's like a C-section birth. And I think it's very good for mother like me, for example, who know they're going to have a C-section. And actually, this C-section was awesome. My, I think because my OB, the first time I met her was miscarriage and then another miscarriage. She was as happy as we were that we were about to have a child. She held my hand while I was having the anesthesia. She put her forehead again, my forehead. She, she was really awesome. And the anesthesiologist too, he was, he was really anesthesiologist. He was also 
talking to me a lot. Like, you're going to feel this now, and now you're going to feel this. And at some point he said, and now you're going to feel lots of pressure. And I realized they were taking out my baby. It, it was awesome. It was really different from the last time I went from when I had Lily. I really felt like I had a birth. I really felt like they took out my baby out of my body. It's very reassuring in my head. It, it's, it's very different. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Yeah, that's what we would call more like a family-centered birth, and I'm so glad to hear you have that, where you're not just the vessel having a baby taken out, but you are a person. Yeah. birthing yeah. your baby yeah. and that the whole team is recognizing this is an experience for you. It's not just a surgical procedure. It sounds like it was beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was really good. It was at, it was at Lenox Hill. Uh, so the, the team, I, I have to say that whoever is having their child at Lenox Hill, I would say just go ahead because I've, I've also had some, <clears throat> I have to, I have had to stay there 24 hours before I had my child and blah, blah, blah. I have, because of my blood pressure and, I've never been disappointed by anyone. And um, waiting for the C-section is kind of an experience. It's not like it's not like you're enduring labor. You're like laying down. They're explaining everything that is going to happen to you. And C-section is like a heavy surgery. So, but everyone was really, everyone was really like taking care of me. And I could feel like they were, they would take care of my baby. Even my husband, my Obi knew that my husband is scared of blood and everything, but she was so excited that I heard them. I heard her yell at my husband, "Come, Isaac, come, come see the baby!" And so he went behind the the drape, and he was like, "Ooh!" And I saw things I didn't want to see, <laughs> but still, she was so excited. And I I actually sent her flowers when I came back home because I was I was so touched by the energy they put into the room. I, they, they even had like, they asked me if I wanted to put French music. So when I arrived, there were French music. I know this is small, but it made it feel like it was like Omi. Well, they were honoring you as a person and a birthing exactly. person. Yeah. And so was it was the same practice as your original birth? No, it was oh. not the same practice. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought it was. No, like- yeah. Sorry. I, I had to change because uh, the the OB I was seeing for Lily five years ago, uh, his practice was closed. So oh. it was not it was not the same hospital, and it was not the same OB. Oh, okay, that's really interesting. So I was going to say, why was it so different this time than last time? So- no, so my first daughter, my daughter was born at Greenwich, Connecticut, because I don't know, whatever. It was it was it was <coughs> delivering at Greenwich, Connecticut, and my son was born at Enoxine. So uh, did you talk to your, I'm guessing you probably talked to your current doctor about your first experience and how it didn't sit so well with you? Not really because no? I, okay. I no not really because I didn't really realize until then that it could be different. Got it. I didn't really realize it. That's why I wanted I wanted a V back 
so bad for so long because I, I had no idea yet that you could also have like a more intimate section. It was not intimate at all. Like there are eight people in the room. <laughs> it's very, it's, it's very hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like, I don't know. It's, it's, um, it feels like very sterile. You know, I've been I've been a, a guest in a, in a couple of C sections, so yeah. I mean, it is it's a it's a you're in an operating room and yeah, exactly. it's surgery and everything is sterilized, you know, for safety. Um, but the fact that they really focused on this experience and this was still a manner of birthing is really beautiful. Do you, is this the common way that your that practice does? I think so. I think so because I saw there were another woman that was about to have a C-section two hours before me, mm-hmm. and the two doctor came, two other of the of the OB came for her. I think she was older, so she needed two um, two OB instead of only one. But I could see the energy. I think I think in Lenoxil everyone really likes this group of doctor, so the energy was very light. There were no, you could see that there were no stress. And again, they were scared of my blood pressure. So there could have been some sort of pressure around me, like, watch out for this one. She could have preeclampsia. Right. But um, I, think, I think that's also why everyone felt so warm, was so warm. And even if they were worried, I never saw it. Um, I think it made a big difference. How do you feel... After so you've had two very different C-section experiences. What's your mental and physical healing process <clears throat> like compared comparing the two? Oh, that's I think that's very different. I think the pain is exactly the same, but you know you're not going to break apart. So I actually I am actually telling everyone you can see the difference between the patient that are first time C-section in the hospital and the patient that are second time C-section. The first time C-section are working on their tippy toes, being worried that everything is going to break. And the second time C-section, I like, it's freaking painful, but I'm going to get over it. In, in five days, it's one going to be better. In 10 days, it's going to be even better. But the, <coughs> the, and also it's like, Again, I have a five-year-old, so I, I can't really be, like, sitting in the sofa and just being like, oh, I have a, I, it's, it's a little bit painful here. Like, I have to go ahead and, and, and stand up and take her to school, something I was not doing for her five years ago. Um, the eating process is the same. It's just that you know, you know what's happening in your body. I, I'm not going to lie. I think this is really painful. I think this section is really painful. I think, and also it's, a, I think mentally it's, it's kind of, um, I think it's heavy because it's like they really open you in half, like at two different places. And it, it's painful, but it goes away after few, a few days, I think so. Well, I'm glad you said that because it is such a common uh, surgery that I don't think people think of it as a major abdominal surgery. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah. you're really opened up, you know, and they're moving things and taking things out and re- putting things back in. But I'm glad that you kind of shed some light on that. And emotionally, was the healing any different in the sense of you were more mentally prepared this time and maybe the yeah, treatment? I, I think so. Also, I was, I, I had, I prepared, I, I, I would recommend everyone a book that is called, um, the first, the, I will get the title right, sure. but it's the, the first, the, 
the first 40 days of motherhood or something like that. And I read a book about um, uh, food, what to eat 40 days after you have your baby. And so I was really prepared in the hospital right after to eat the right thing. So I never ate anything that was cold. I never had any, like I had soup. I had I had a lot of good food that helped the eating process because of also the the digestion system. I, I was preparing my digestive system, and I think it helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Again, I knew that I would I was not about to break apart, so I walked a lot in the hospital. I was walking up and down the hallway like three times a day because I knew that was very important for me, even if that was painful. So I was more prepared mentally to face the pain mm-hmm. and and to, and to be ready to then be be at home, take care of the baby, take care of Lily. I, I think that helped a lot. I, I There is not enough information about C-section and how you can prepare your body, how you can, um, how you have to be ready for the pain. I think it would be good that OBs give more information. Even my practice, it didn't give any information ready. I knew it from what happened to me five years ago. Did you feel like you were physically preparing? Like, so when you were coming to class and just, you know, life, were you feeling like you're physically preparing um, from the yoga for the C-section? I think I, I took some of the exercise. Um, I changed them for me, knowing that I was about to have a C-section. I, as you know, I had a like, very painful sciatica yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, this pregnancy was harder because, again, I was working, I was working very hard. I worked until like two days before my C-section. But, um, yes, I think... Going, also, I stopped uh, exercising. I was going to bar a lot, and I think I stopped doing that because I think it was not good for my body. Um, and the breathing exercise, the abdominal exercise, I actually think it's helping me right now because even if I'm not watching my weight or anything, I've already dropped 25 pounds just out of, I think, Knowing more my body, again, eating eating the right thing for postpartum, all of that helped me a lot. That's great. I did not know you were still doing far work and had that sciatica. <laughs> no, no, I stopped right before. <laughs> okay, because yeah, I, mean, I saw the massive amount of pain you were in from your sciatica. <laughs> I don't think it the bar would have helped. <laughs> So I do want to ask, first of all, again, you know that I'm a little obsessed with like the whole French culture that you're in, um, but I, I, I'm kind of switching topics a little bit to kind of the way that you mother. Do you think you mother any differently as a French woman? Um, I, I think I'm a little bit of both right now because Isaac is American, but I can see the difference uh, with my sister, for example. Um, my sister just had a baby with a second C-section too in France, like a week after me. She just dropped a pill to not breastfeed, and she's fine with it. There is way I think there is a lot less guilt in the way French women um, are mother. And also, we were talking about that this morning. If I do a comparison of the way my sister-in-law raised her kids, the way I raised my kids, and the way my sister raised my kids, 
It's like my sister has 50,000 rules, I have 10,000 rules, and my sister-in-law has 2,000 rules. So I think, yes, there is a difference. What, um, what about birth compared to the two countries? How is birth seen in France? I know the postpartum is very different. It seems that, you know, they... It's a lot of support that yes. the French women Even before, get. I mean, I, mean I, I think when I was four months pregnant, I sent a text to my sister and I said, do you have back pain? Because I was starting to suffer from back pain. And she said, no. And then two minutes later, she sent another text, but she said, and she, but she said, but you know, I'm seeing a PT two times a week since week four. And that was reimbursed by the social security. And she's, she, was, she already started to see a PT again for her. For um, for recovery, and all of that is covered. It's like there is there is much more care around the woman. She she receives the visit of a let's say a nurse for her and her baby since the day she came back from the hospital. Like every five days, someone come and weigh her baby, check her her scar or C-section, um, make sure that she doesn't get into a postpartum depression, um, and and I think. It helps a lot. She also has four months of uh, maternity leave. Uh, and if, if that was her third child, she would have six months of maternity leave paid. It's like mandatory. Um, so so there is, I think it, it's awesome. And I think about birth, it's the same thing. It's like um, they, they care more about the mother health and the... the it's it's just there is more care around the woman, her pregnancy, the babies, or everything that happened postpartum, and also the kegels that oh, yeah, the pelvic floor work. Yeah, the pelvic floor. It's like everyone gets uh, eight weeks of uh, pelvic floor um, recovery with a PT. It's like no question, and they're right. You know why? Because uh, they're they're not going to have to pay for healthcare care later. In 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 thirty years, when all the women um, need diapers, I'm sorry, but that's the truth. No, I I completely agree with you. I mean, you know that you know my my love <laughs> of supporting the pelvic floor. Even <laughs> to my class and up and seen me pull out the pelvis. Um, yeah, I mean, there's I I shake my head at our healthcare, and every time we do have a French student come in, I'm like, why are you here? Go back home. <laughs> now, when it comes to kind of the attitude, you said like they don't breast, the, the tendency is yeah. not as um, supportive of breast, or not as supportive, maybe that's not the uh, priority, maybe not of breastfeeding. <coughs> but what I think, it, yeah, that's, that's the thing where um, it's, I, ju- I just think that the, there, the mentality is you do whatever you want. Mm hmm. I had I had a bad experience with all the lactation consultants at the hospital because I felt they were too hands-on. They were they were pushing me, even if I wanted to breastfeed. But Marcel was very small, so he had some formula at the hospital, and we're doing 50-50 right now. But it's like, it's just more about whatever you want to do, whatever is good for you will be good for your baby. Mm-hmm. Even if my sister, my cousin they all know that it would have been better for their child to maybe have for breast milk for a few weeks or months or whatever but they just feel that um it's it's okay to decide to do differently mm-hmm. um and i don't completely agree i do not completely agree with that but i agree with the fact it's like it's a woman's choice 
whatever she wants to do, whatever is good for her, it's good for the baby too at that point. Do you think there's less judgment? I do feel yeah. like, yeah, I definitely feel that there's a lot of judgment on how people choose anything. There's a lot of mother yeah. pressure and judgment and guilt. Um, so you feel like as a society, <clears throat> there's a yeah. little less judgment and guilt? I was, uh, I have to be honest, I was, uh, for the first years of my daughter in, in our school, I was, I felt lots of pressure, lots of guilt, lots of judgment. Like, whether you're working, it's not okay. Whether you're not working, it's not okay. It's like, nothing is good enough for the crew of the side mamas. I'm sorry, but it's kind of like that. I feel like lots of judgment. There is, there is in general, less judgment in in the way you raise your kid, in the way, if you if you pick up your kids from school, if you don't pick them up, if you breastfeed, if you don't breastfeed, it's like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a little less judgment. Yeah, I hope we can adopt that mindset a little bit more because, truthfully, parenting is it's hard, and yeah. I can speak for myself. Like I'm hard on myself about my choices. You know, I feel that I have things I love, like I love to work, and does that take me away from my kids? Yeah, and so I'm hard enough on myself that I really don't want the judgment of others. And I feel many of us can agree. Like it's a tough thing to be a parent and Mm. to try, we're all, I mean, no one out there is like, how, how can I do a poor job at this? We all want to do the best. Mm. And I hope that we can come a little more together about respecting and supporting one another's wishes. And I'm glad you've noticed that at PYC that we really do try whatever someone wants to do. It's their birth. And they're the one that then has to live with the birth story and their experience. And if we can help them find a way to embrace that and live their life, what, whose choice? No, it's not for me to say how someone should birth. So I'm glad you're seeing that. Yeah. it, It had a big impact on me really just like whatever you decide it has to be your decision whatever you do it you have to just think about it i think that's the right message like think through it is that what you want if that's what you want then good yeah Um, making informed educated choices and we all try to do that yeah yeah sometimes we don't like for my daughter I, i i was not just i was just waiting for things to happen to me and so that's just the difference between five years ago and now is like five years ago I was like well whatever happened happens and mm-hmm. this year this year I felt more okay let's be in charge a little more I finally decided to stay with my practice who would not do a VBAC and I'm happy with that choice it was a, it was the right choice for me at that at that time I'm really glad to hear that. So as we start to wrap up, do you have any tips from your experience, whether it be your pregnancies, whether it be the way you chose to stay with your practice or not stay with your practice, or just as a parent of two kids, any tips you want to share with our community? Um, I, I don't know. I think what I just told you, I think is I try to, like be okay with whatever you decision you're taking um once you've sort of think once you've thought about it once you've talked to it with your partner whether it's about the decision you take for your kids to have dinner at the table or have dinner wherever they want in your apartment or whether it's your birth i think just be okay with whatever decision you're taking for your family and your children i think that's 
I think that's very important. I'm tr- I'm still trying. I'm not like <laughs> <laughs> we're all still trying. I don't think any of us are you know final I'm not, work. <laughs> I'm not I'm not mastering this at all. But I just I just think I I started to do this in my life in the past with a lot of uh, with a lot of uh, some meditation and breathing practice and things like that has helped me um, coming in more in peace with the decisions I'm making regarding my children, my life, and all of that. Oh, I'm really glad. Well, I hear Marcel starting to wake up, so it's a good time for us to wrap up. Hello, little guy. <laughs> Finally, oh, beautiful, beautiful. Oh, I can't wait to have him back in postnatal after six weeks. So I gotta make sure you're well healed. Well, thank you so much for spending time. No, of course. Thank you so much for asking me to participate. I'm happy. I hope my uh, experience will help some of the member of the community. I think it will. All right. Enjoy your afternoon. Thank you. Bye-bye. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.